Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, what you will drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And can any of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your span of life? And why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toll nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon, in all of his glory, was not clothed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow, is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? Therefore do not worry, saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? For it is the Gentiles who strive for all these things. And indeed, your heavenly Father knows you need all these things. But strive first for the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. So do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring worries of its own. Today's trouble is enough for the day. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, in this time of thanksgiving, when the cares and the lures of life so tempt us away from that contentment that you have promised us, open our hearts and our minds to you. Let us receive from you the guidance we need that that peace that passes understanding guards our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, in whose name we pray. Amen. What is the enemy of thanksgiving in your life? What is the challenge that you face when confronted with the necessity of and the call to a life of thanksgiving. Now, there are more than one. I know that taking things for granted, maybe taking things for granted once you have them and always wanting more. That's a good candidate for an enemy of thanksgiving, especially in our consumer-driven culture. But there is another one which comes under the heading of fear, of worry, of stress. You know, I want to be thankful. I want to live a life of thanksgiving and contentment. But all these things, I don't know about you, but all these things that I am stressed about just seems to keep getting in the way, don't they? And even if you're saying, oh, you know, I'm good, I'm cool as a cucumber, I don't get stressed, life is good. You know, there is a whole smorgasbord 
of stresses and worries and things to fret about that is offered up to you each day. Saying, here, pick me up, worry over me. At least pick me up, look me over and go tisk tisk. What is this world coming to? You know, Jesus has something to say about that. And he said it in multiple places. He said it here. He also seemed to refer to it in the parable of the sower. Remember that? The sower spreading the word of God and in some ground it takes root and others it doesn't. The one that always gets me, this is in Matthew 13 for those who want to check it out later, is that one that said other seeds, verse 7, fell among thorns and the thorns grew up and choked them. And then a little later, he is thankfully explaining it to the disciples. And he said, as for what was sown among the thorns, this is the one who hears the word, but the cares of this world and the lure of wealth choke the word and it yields nothing. The cares of this world The lure of wealth chokes the word and it is unfruitful in their lives. Now, most of the Christians that I spend time with and I talk to about their challenges, even... (laughs) Now, I say this fully acknowledging that we have the largest national debt of any country ever I think we are more in debt than we could ever even conceive. And that's just our national debt. Consumer debt is at an all-time high. But even with that, most of the people I talk to seems that they've got a decent handle. At least they can laugh at themselves when they know that they're being lured into the latest, the greatest, the biggest, the baddest, the fattest, the wonderfulness of the next big thing. At least we can look at ourselves and go, yeah, that's ridiculous. Most of the Christians I talk to seem to have a handle on that and that that is something that they need to confront in themselves and in this culture. But most of them that I spend time with when we get on this scene to tell me the same thing. It's the cares and the worries and the troubles that they seem to be struggling with. That is taking their energy, their time, their life, their witness and making it less fruitful and taking their joy. And maybe that's why I always seem to want to come back to considering the lilies and to remember not to borrow trouble because each day has enough of its own. Because there is a gospel call to a life of giving thanks and a life style of being content beyond the circumstance of the moment. Now in Matthew 6, in this lilies and and birds of the air and don't worry and it's not going to add a year to your life, won't add a hair to your head, won't add an inch to your height. And... Some of us have wished we could add an inch to our life. Some of us have wished we could add a hair to our head. And I don't think, well, hmm. I'm in, you know, those late 40s, so yeah. Add a few years to the life. Huh. 
You sometimes meditate on that in your late 40s. But in Matthew 6, Jesus seems to be talking to those people who are more distracted by the cares than the lures. Now, these don't seem to be the rich people that he was talking to. Uh, He did spend time with them, but here he is saying and talking to a people who are concerned about whether they will have enough clothing to be clothed and enough food to be fed. Now, you have Thanksgiving coming up. Are you getting ready for Thanksgiving? I heard someone say, making a joke out of it. No, it wasn't me, but it was funny that they were getting prepared for Thanksgiving, they were eating a little more each day. (laughs) Getting in shape. And that stomach stretched. That was not me. In fact, by show of hands, how many are worried about eating too little or eating too much on Thanksgiving? Okay, all of you worried about too little. Show your hands. Everybody, really, David? God bless you. Get in shape, brother. How many are a little worried about eating too much? Come on. Come on. Be honest. Yeah. (laughs) What a world that we're in that we have to worry about eating too much at Thanksgiving. So maybe it's a little hard for us to connect with what Jesus would say, but do we have worries and cares that seem to be choking us? I think so. So what did Jesus say to them? And I love the fact that he redirects them. Some of you teachers and parents know the value of a little redirection, right? Mommy, can I have it? Mommy, can I have it? Mommy, can I have it? Oh, hun, look over here. What? Flower? What? You get this idea that Jesus, imagine him sitting on a hillside or in a field and here he's talking to these people with these cares and these concerns and he looks over there and here's this field full of flowers and he says, you know, consider the flowers, the lilies, the wildflowers. Look how beautiful they are. They're not worried about how they'll be clothed. God takes care of them. Some birds are flying and chirping overhead and the birds that are flying in the air. They're not worried about how much they're going to eat. God is providing for them. How much more will God provide for you? Isn't that interesting? That he directed them to something that even today... Okay, just take a second and just imagine. The difference between... Being at work with everything going on and sitting in a field of wildflowers, maybe laying on your back looking up at the birds flying and the clouds passing overhead, which is restful. (laughs) He directed them to do what some of us instinctively do. Man, I gotta get outside. I gotta just stop. I gotta take some time. But I'm afraid in this culture we all feel a little guilty if we do it. But dear Lord, we need it. We need to find those things that are restful and restorative to our soul. And we need to guard our hearts and minds against those things that will make us stress. And be less fruitful. 
Paul said in Philippians 4, whatever is true, honorable, just, pure, pleasing, commendable, excellent, praiseworthy. Think about these things. He is saying, think about these things. Jesus seems to be saying, look at them, seek them out, get in the middle of them. And I think that's very important for us because we are living in a day and age of a great, overwhelming overflow of lures and cares. The advertisers offer us lures. Turn your TV off, doesn't matter. Drive down the interstate, there they are. Don't even have to drive down the interstate. Every once in a while now you see a car with advertisements all over it. Wow. Advertisers are offering us the lures. Um, the news seems to offer us the cares. But Jesus offers us contentment. And thankfulness is a key part of that. Contentment and thankfulness go hand in hand. Oh dear Lord, don't we wish as a people we could be more content? Then we have to practice. Practice thanksgiving. Let's leave it there. Practice reflecting on the things, but not even just the things. Those run out quick. How about the people, the relationships, the connections we have or have had? And the joy they have brought into our lives. Now, friends, I mean... It's a, about that time, and I'm not, I said I was going to try not to wax eloquent. We are, I'm running on four hours of sleep from last night. So I'm going to leave it up to you. Because you know yourself decently well, wouldn't you say? Now God knows you better, alright? And sometimes he has to go... Uh, you think you know yourself here, but you need to look here. Um, something going on we need to talk about. But you know yourself pretty well. So if you think, you know, I'm kind of one of those, I, I'm like that fish in the water. I'm kind of vulnerable to those lures. Got some homework for you. Since we're out of school, we'll do our own homework this week. You remember that story? I mean, we're getting to the Christmas season soon. Remember that story, and maybe you've lived this story, where the parents spend more than they should for the perfect, had to have it perfect, Christmas gift. The child opens it, plays with it for two minutes, and then spends the next 20 minutes playing with the box it came in. You've all heard the story. Some of you have lived it. I kind of want to be that kid who loves the box more than the toy inside. And if you're, if you say, I'm kind of vulnerable to those lures, those things that keep it up with the Joneses, the flashy stuff, the things I just got to have it. Try to get into the mindset of that kid who, yeah, this is neat, but oh man, I'm just having fun over here with the box. If you're vulnerable, to the cares 
and the worries of this life. Listen, I'm with you. I feel the pain. I know you're just like, I've got to figure out what all could happen. So I'll be ready for anything. You won't be. It doesn't work that way. All you'll do is borrow trouble and ruin the now worried about the then. If you've got the weight of the world bearing down on you, quit over-preparing. Take it one day at a time. The Word even says we take thoughts, every thought captive to Christ. That doesn't just mean I don't want to think about all of these sinful, horrible things. I want to be careful what I put in my mind. It also means saying, okay, here, this thing that's freaking me out, I am going to take it one day at a time and I'm going to redirect whenever it is something that is raising my blood pressure or giving me all these white hairs on my head. I know I'm one to talk. Spend some time, your homework, being thankful, taking it one day at a time, looking around to see the real blessings or remembering them fondly. Consider the lilies, the wildflowers, the birds flying overhead that God provides for them. And you know what? He's going to provide for you. But there's a third group here. And dear Lord, I hope some of you are here today. If you say, you know, I used to struggle. But for right now, I've got other struggles. But for right now, this contentment, this thanksgiving, I'm doing pretty good there. Okay, first of all, don't pat yourself on the back. You'll probably wrench your arm and pride go before a fall. You know all of that. But if you're doing pretty good in that area right now, you are practicing thanksgiving and contentment. Dear Lord, we need you to share that secret and how you did it. And guess what? You've got a day coming up on Thursday where all of your family, some of who are going, ooh, flashing, others who are going, weight of the world. Share it with them. Help them see, oh yeah, you know, honey, I went through a time like that, that God was good, and at the, at the end of it, it was a funny story. Or yeah, you know, sometimes I spent $800 on this item, two months later it was free. The first digital satellite dish, if anybody's wondering. (laughs) While we were still living in a trailer. (laughs) On my dad's property. (laughs) I love you, honey. Oh, what that would be 25 years later and if we put it in the bank. Okay, <clears throat> let's not think about that. That's the wrong thing, so I'm going to set that aside and move on. <laughs> Guys, we've got an opportunity this Thursday. Let's redirect, let's refocus ourselves, let's share the times that we have struggled and overcome and how we learn the secret of contentment and thanksgiving in our lives and our stories. Dear Lord, let it be. And all of God's children said, Amen.